Hi guys, it's great to have you guys on again. Today's episode is awesome. It's all about faith and the professional. Faith, professional. A lot of people think these two words should never be found in the same sentence, not to talk of being in the same chapter. Believe me, there is a place of trusting God with your career and plans for the future. Our guest today is Miria Diemo and she has a lot to tell us about a success story and the failure journey along the way. Believe me, you are going to learn so much from today's episode and most importantly, you would come to understand the place of God in work. Because as Christians, our work must speak excellence and our God is excellent. Enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, my name is Joshua Daranijo and you're welcome to my podcast, the SLJ podcast, full meaning being service leadership, semicolon, Joshua serves. Yes, apparently Joshua serves is a compound word. This podcast deals with issues surrounding love, faith, finance and leadership. So this episode is going to be wonderful. So I want you to sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hello, Mary. How are you doing? Hi, Joshua. I am very fine. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. It's been a while we've been planning this and it's finally the D-Day. Thanks for making our time. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be here. Today, you know, as I said in the intro before Mary joined us, we're talking about faith and the professional. And it's clear that there is a very important role we as Christians and believers have in how we interact in the workplace. So Mary, I mean, you're just going to take us to your own experience, you know, with work, balancing work life and, you know, your faith. I mean, I, I want to start to be talking about the fact that we as Christians must be known by our, our fruit and our gifts. We must be known by how uh, but the Bible says, by our fruits we shall be known. So, I mean, yeah. you cannot be in your workplace and people are confused if you are the same Christian they see in Christian gatherings and they can't really, you know, justify your character. What's your view, maybe, on how to balance our faith in the, in the professional workspace? our faith is different from our profession or it should be abstract from our professional life so it's holistic you, you your name is mary but not ademo i mean my full name is mary ademo so they go and in and so in your workplace you should exemplify jesus that's what you should be in your work in the work that you do in the way that you do do should be about your faith because that's who you are so it's your identity that's the way they will see you that's where they will recognize you so you cannot separate one just as the way your pastor is doing his his faith-based work in the church same way you're also 
the pastor of your work because that is your own field that's your mission field so we all have a different mission field some people are going to the forest some people will be in the church some people will be at work mm. some people will be in the market so you mm. can't you can't separate them mm. that's a very brilliant one now that you just said that thing about how our place of work is our work field it reminds me of this saying of evangelism by lifestyle yes we must preach the, the word of god you know with our voices with our utterances but much more important than just your utterance your actions must tally with the words that you speak so you're right you must see your workplace as a place to portray the values of christianity which i believe are strongly built on diligence and integrity so evangelism and lifestyle really explains what you're trying to say i feel like there's a spirit of excellence that comes with being a christian that a lot of us in our our, our, our world today are not really exemplifying because people tend to see christians in the workplace as those people that are laid back they are relaxed they don't get the job done you know i would love to say that jesus served as a carpenter for more of the years than he even you know did his ministry and i can't imagine that he was a you know mediocre carpenter or what do you feel about you know diligence and excellence in the workplace with christ you know among christians diligence and excellence in the workplace that's that should be a christian that should be the definition of it jesus was diligent enough that was why his mother gave the instructions to the disciples right to you know give him you know at the first miracle we did in Canaan, right so it's it's you can't separate one from the other like i like i said before so many christians in the workplace they, they give they give excuses oh you're going for prayer meeting oh, they are more into the activity than the spirituality and the spirituality should actually guide you in delivering you know excellent work and when they look at you they are wondering how did you come about this answer like how did you come about this answer i, I asked it be frank and candid with you it may not be easy right mm-hmm. but like they need to know that you're a christian they don't need to say oh are you a christian not because your name is mary and they, they then have to guess that you're, you're a christian you know some people these days they're just trying to pull a form and the easier religion that they can you know the easiest religion they can relate with is christianity so they just put christianity they've never been to church they don't even understand the concept of christianity but that's what they can like when they say people can easily because i mean these days they are forms of in nigeria that are so stereotyped it's either you're a christian or a muslim they put it there mm. so people that can relate because of course in churches we speak english right mm. people just say they are christians mm. but in your place of work they should be able to that you are a Christian, not because you come in the morning, you kneel down, you are speaking in tongues, people are walking, you are distracting everyone. But in, in the lifestyle that you show, mm-hmm. Jesus was humble, despite the sense, I mean, his, his level of intelligence and wisdom. You recall that in the Bible, when they took him, you know, to, to uh, when they went for their yearly, their annual uh, meetings, right, and they forgot Jesus. When he got, when he was amongst the elders, he didn't just come and say, guys, you know who I am. No, mm. it, it was with humility that he sat there and he was just giving his own country declared that this is not a normal guy this mm-hmm. is an extraordinary guy he did yeah, not they, need to they announce did, it he did it themselves right? they, 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 they observed and they noticed it about him yeah exactly 
Exactly. So, but these days, people just say, don't you know I'm a Christian? Oh, I'm going to church. Oh, I'm doing this. And you're not doing your work. So, oh, I was, at, I was in a prayer meeting. Oh, you need to also declare and define your mission field. And that's what I was saying. I was trying to distinguish between spirituality and Mary, spirituality and what? I lost you for a moment. An activity. Many Christians today in the workplace, oh, okay. we are filled with activities like of the room where you are seated. It's not even ascending to the sky. It's not talk of getting God. Mm, an activity. An activity. An activity. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so many people go, like, many people are more interested in the activity just to keep them learning, mm. right? And their prayers are just, you know, not going beyond the roof of the room where they are seated. They're not even getting into the sky, not talk of into the heavens, not talk of getting to God. Mm. So these days, so work. How how do you we know that you are a Christian? Is when you do extraordinary things because you have an extraordinary God. Mm. Even the Bible emphasizes that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. For Jesus, who is already filled with wisdom, to be growing in wisdom and in stature, mm. it calls for. So, no matter where you get to, you must continually grow in wisdom. Yeah. Of yeah. course, when you get into a new workplace, that's why you are just coming in. That's why you are probably at entry level. That's why you are not the senior partner or the managing director. There are some things that you have to learn in because of the work, right? Mm-hmm. But do not give lazy like or let for me say Christian like excuses. Oh, I have going to church you. Oh, I have to be in a prayer meeting or office. You can't touch them and they get hit. Mm. And you're always going for prayer meeting, prayer meeting, prayer meeting. You're not doing your work. Mm. Right? So even when they want to call you, you know that you're going to say you're in church or you're going for prayer meeting. Because you go to church. I go to church. I go to church. I go to work five times in the week. Or I am supposed to go to work five times a week so one day in a week is not in excess right mm-hmm. so but again you have to be able to define it if you're a medical doctor you have patients in the hospital you say oh, you are going to church mm-hmm. that's going to church what does it really ask you you can be in the hospital your mission field is to take care of those people mm-hmm. right because if they die and you go to church mm. because of what supercharger is not like oh you chose the right thing to do <laughs> really I mean, I mean, from, from what I'm understanding from what you're saying, right, it's it's clear that there is a place of emotional intelligence. I think that's why I pick from what you've been saying. There is a, there is a need for the Christian to be emotionally intelligent in dealing with these things because we are in the workplace. We're supposed to be diligent. We're supposed to be honest. Honesty is one thing that, ah, man, it tests your faith in the workplace because sometimes you find yourself in situations that test your honesty. But emotional intelligence seems to be very important if you want to keep your Christian values in the workplace. How, how do you feel about that? You know, setting boundaries, being a principled person. I feel like emotional intelligence is very important. What do you feel? I think emotional intelligence is important everywhere, including the workplace. Even in church, you have to be emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. And like um, my friend would say, she will say that a joke is not a joke until the person you are saying it to consider it as a joke. So the fact that oh, you are in the workplace, you can't just be loose. 
you can't just be free with everyone i mean you should be free with everyone but you can't just take everyone on the same level some people are more receptive some people are introverts some people are extroverts you know some people are going through a lot of stress from their homes so you can't just come and just expect everybody to be on the same page with you and then assume that they are demons or they are devils <laughs> do you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. so as a christian you have to be emotionally intelligent you can't say oh that that blah blah i mean some bosses can be very nasty but you have to also understand what if wife giving him problem at all what if her husband is giving her problems at all what if she's having problems with her children what if she's trying to balance her extended family with her own nuclear family and she also has work obligations so when she comes you know she's pouring out the anger on you do you understand or he's pouring out the anger on you so you can't just shout like ah this i mean because you are the christian you always have to take the humble part mm-hmm. and if you are the boss you can't always just shout at people who oh, they don't they're not smart enough you know yeah yeah. You know they are not they are not sensible enough. They are just bringing pussies on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, all of those things. So you have to, you have to be able to um, um balance it. And because you are the Christian, whether you are the superior or whether you are the subordinate, subordinate, you have to be able. So you have to have the emotional intelligence to say, well, yeah. this person may be going through worse. Even if you are going through worse, you just have to understand that. Jesus took the bullet for all of us, whereas he, he did not deserve to take any shots or even a blow. But he took yeah. the bullet, he took the bomb, he took everything for us. So as Christians, that's the life we've committed to ourselves so that we yeah. have to always be on the line. That's mm-hmm. just it. Yeah, and that's so true. You know, rounding off this session, it's very important to note that we we have a different standard. We have a different standard. You know, we talk about emotional intelligence, but I mean, the the, the 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 spiritual angle of things is being led by the spirit. We have a different standard. The spirit of God dwells in us, and we must address issues in the workplace with a level of poise and wisdom. There's just there has to be a way we address issues that give people a sense of no. If it's Joshua, no, we can trust him. If it's Mary, no, we can trust her. Like it gives them the confidence. That's what the spirit of God plays. That's the role he plays. So yeah, that's that, I think that's very important. Thank you so much for that, Mary. Let's round up this session and move on to the next one, okay? Okay, not a problem. Okay, we are back again and we have talked about excellence as believers. We, we discussed it in detail. We discussed how we must represent Christ and Christ was an excellent person. This section but this segment is going to be about an excellent story but it's going to come from an angle that most people don't really care to know about we're going to talk about the success story with the failure journey and this is the success story of how mary my good friend you know the guest for today's podcast and i'm telling you mary i'm not i'm not even joking this is something that i have to go and google to be sure about because i've never heard of it before so mary is going to the University of Oxford later this year to study a PhD program and she doesn't have a master's. She got admission into Oxford to do a PhD without a master's. I had to google it. Can you do your PhD without master's? So it was so mind-blowing I had to say you know what I had to reach out to her and and what, what really struck me so hard was her reaction and 
the fact that she kept making it clear that it's not an easy journey one and only god can take all the glory and that's really what this segment is all about so mary take us through your process you know please ensure to you know be as honest and open as possible especially for those new weeks that just you know got their bar final results i think a few days ago it's not been a week already and you know take us through your process how did you come by this and what has been the story so far okay thank you very much joshua um yes you correct that um i got um, an offer from the university of oxford to undertake my phd in law without a master's the glory of god and i must say that um i do not know the strategies or the two plus two what to what the answer what i just knew is that god was involved in it and then let me start with a major story so i mean secondary school i was just that maybe random but very i've always been very vocal and maybe stubborn <laughs> you know um i was just that vocal girl and then i i was probably one number one number two in my class so we can have like ss1 ax ss1 peace charity peace faith joy and i can't even remember the others but again i'm always usually in peace class so is that i'm number one GS1, I was like third, second, then from like GS2 to GS3, first, second, first, 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 first. And the funny thing about it is that the other people in my class, they are so intelligent, right? But if I just have like 60%, every other person will start taking their position after that 60%. And somebody in another class, maybe SS1, Joy, for example, is that person 60%, maybe like number nine or number even 15. Do you understand? So, mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed grace somewhat. Mm. In university, 100 level, I was not top 10, I was not top 15. In fact, I was not top 20. And I'm even trying to stay within that I was not top 20 because I knew many people are like depressed in 100 level in my uni. And uh, the thing is, um, I just always thought that ah, it's good to be the best graduate student. I never thought like that would be me. You know, but somewhere along the line, I started focusing on God and just doing what I enjoyed doing. I was not under pressure to impress anybody or to make anybody proud. Of course, I'm supposed to make my parents proud, but I was not under pressure to do any of that. So I was just enjoying my journey and I was doing the things that I normally enjoy. Mm-hmm. To the glory of God, I graduated with the first class from my university and as a best graduating student from my class with many awards if you like but then I, w- I went to the law school and many people of course my friends my colleagues my seniors my juniors mentees mentors were expecting me to replicate that point. and then ah, you know law school comes with additional pressure mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. I had pressure from every corner from every angle aside from my parents and my family like my nuclear family members yeah. the pressure was so much that i'm working on the road i thought like, ah mary you know if, if you attend a typical nigerian university you know i'll be while we heal ourselves Just let me remove myself because i'm one of the healers <laughs> because we both know what you did back then <laughs> one of the kingpins <laughs> so just i didn't get you please I'm like, you want to be I beg you. But again, <laughs> yeah. 
you know what like so when I mean, the pressure was there sometimes i even get calls from senior people members of my uni you know reiterating the facts of their confidence in me to make it first and you know sometimes i'm just like ah, i don't know of course i really desired it mm-hmm. and it is about the effort because naturally i don't put effort things i just just do it and then leave it to god but this in this case because of the pressure i had to put at least some effort considerable effort. maybe we're with you i used to be one thousand percent but considerable okay. effort in my opinion and then when the result came up before the result came up an emotional person you don't see me crying you don't see me mm, i don't have time for that when things happen good you or said, bad you said you're not an I emotional person people. right yes i look at the situation just up and we move we keep moving but all this law school was a bit different before the result came out sometimes i was just walking on the road i start tearing up i mean the result was not but somehow it seemed like i already had an idea but like sometimes i'm just sitting down my eyes are closed maybe like a trance and i'm saying and everything is telling me it's not a first class everything everything like so the day the result came out you know i entered into depression almost entered into depression i was so sad you know when i saw it i just screamed my dad was around he thought that they would were just telling me that it does not matter because my dad is always ah always acting me and making me feel good when i feel or when i think i'm when i do it just say well one of those things <laughs> <laughs> so um i started crying me i don't cry for anything i don't cry for except injection of course <laughs> i don't cry for anything anything i say and i'm 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 very conscious to use the word anything so law school really like dragged me down because i mean it appears to be like a stain on my record especially the fact that my school at the time produced the best graduating students one mm-hmm. yeah, number two 12 first class from my class from my uni yeah so it looked like oh but you know why it looked like that because i was comparing hmm. you know usually i've been you know so times we just want to be in that position and feel good so if there was a first class room maybe by university maybe maybe you'd have been fine like at least nobody made a first class from my school you know mm-hmm. sometimes we just look for work around to suit our bad situation it's not a bad situation but i was trying to mm-hmm. maybe if if everybody had faith and i had it too much i'd be oh that was excellent you know we always like to look for excuses to to our our situation but the truth about life and loss is that you have to accept it the way it is you may have put in a billion efforts mm-hmm. and god in his infinite mercy he knows that you don't need that result to get to your place of destiny mm. some people if they don't make a first or a two money loss they can never get to work at all so even if their efforts in the loss was three percent god in his mercy can still decide to give them it's one of the first class mm. Mm. so sometimes right i know you feel bad that you're not done so well you know for me it's one was like oh i have i have actually failed even when people are like are you joking 
I, I'm even praying for that kind of result. Mm. I made a freshman my school and I have a pass. Mm. But it's because of comparison. You know, we keep comparing ourselves with other people. You can be classmates no, right? when you may not be Christian. And so I was giving a, a, a meeting and I was saying that, see, if you want to move from Lagos to Ibadan, some people's destiny is to trek from Lagos to Ibadan. Some people's destiny is to take a bike from Lagos to Ibadan. Mm. Some people's destiny is to take a flight, like a plane, from mm. Lagos to Ibadan. So now, if you are comparing your Don't forget that now, there's, so there's, now a train, there's now a train option. There's not a train option from Lagos to Ibadan. Exactly. So some people's, some people's destiny is to take a train from Lagos to Ibadan. Now, so if you're not comparing yourself, you're looking at the person that's already trekking and you're like, Jesus, this person has gone far. Or the person that is on bike, like Jesus, this person has gone far. Whereas your own destiny is a train, um, is a flight destiny or a, or, a, or a train destiny. You may have, you may, you may not start together, but you may get there before them. They may have started before you, but you may get there before them. Mm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So sometimes, of course, you may feel bad. That's why you are yeah, we are human. Even Jesus wept. The Bible recorded that Jesus wept. You know, his friend died. You know, he could have been there earlier to, you know, resuscitate him and all of that. Mm-hmm. That's humanity. You, of course, you feel bad, express yourself, but what you do with your results afterwards is what will get you to where you should be in life. Yeah. So if you have a first class and you're feeling entitled, oh, I made I made a first class from a uni, I was the best graduation student, it will not come to you because it is it is not by entitlement. Mm-hmm. You have to put in the work. And so after after my after law school, I, I thought that was that was all. Well, by God's grace, I got offers from top law firms, some sort of compensation, you know, kept on moving. I only had three schools in my life. Like I want to only go to three I'm not really interested in, I mean, this is a podcast and it's going to be maybe in perpetuity, but I don't just want to go to any school because mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in, I was not interested in rushing a master. I was not interested in rushing anything. I was interested in going to my dream school, Harvard, Cambridge, or Oxford. And by the grace of God, last year I got into Cambridge, but I didn't get funding, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, let me just try again this year because I didn't get funding. Came, I said, okay, let me look at Oxford. I was trying to look at the school fees. I was trying to, you know, make some comparison. And I said, ah, this PhD is twenty-four thousand pounds. I, I mean, last year was twenty-four thousand pounds. So let me look at it too. You know, it's imposter syndrome came. <laughs> oh God, how can I get into um, Oxford without a master's? Like even people that have masters, because I, I I check. There's one forum I belong to. That when they are talking about their profile, it's like I'm even there by mistake. <laughs> you know, PhDs already. Like these are people; they know their stuff. They know their own. Well, again, these are either we let or run it, but I show it mercy. Mm-hmm. And instead, after I submitted my Harvard application, I submitted my Cambridge application. Mm-hmm. I was going to ditch my open application, and wow. then. I was going through my emails because I had I had some some problems with I mean with some people. I mean if you if you are making an application, a postgraduate application, you realize that you need people. 
and then I was just I was I actually broke down and I was just telling my dad you know stuff was like I shouldn't worry that God touch I was looking for something that was not missing on my email mm. and I I went back as far as 2016 and I saw one of my lecturers like I just saw that I got an email from her to share it with my classmates that that was, was an elective <laughs> you know since then I had not mistaken that not seen her, not heard from her, I don't have a phone number. I just sent her an email and she responded. That was where, you know, I shared my, my documents with her. She looked at it, gave me advice, a lot of advice. Actually. I really appreciate that. But I've mentioned her name, but I don't want people going to Bombada. And then, two days to the deadline in January, I submitted my application. Mm-hmm. And because I was confident enough that I was not going to get into a phone, I did not apply for any funding. I had to underline that I did because many people are discouraged. Many people. Some people even told me to do an MPhil. That it would be easier for me to get it after MPhil. But my dad kept on saying, "No, I should apply for it, so that next year it would be easier for me, you know, to get to." By the time I'm done with my masters in Cambridge, I reapplied again to Cambridge mm-hmm. because I lost time. That offer last year because mm-hmm. of funding. And this year I got into Columbia, I got into funding, of course. I got into Georgetown, I got into University of Southern California, I got into Kent, I got into Cambridge. Wow. Uh, and then, you know, when I submitted the application, I just submitted, like, uh, who am I? And my dad even refunded my application fee to me because it sounded like a waste of investment. Because I will have used that school to gain another maybe master's offer. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just have to take the risk. Yeah, a leap of the faith. The truth is, if I never, exactly, if I never, or if I was not pushed, if I was not, you know, because my dad was always there saying, I should just do it. Like, I should just do it. I should just try. I should just try. Mm. Like, both of ah, I know I can't get it. They say, well, because you can't get it. So just try as in, who really? Like, you don't have anything to lose, right? Exactly. Because you have Apparently, I didn't have anything to lose, but I had a lot to gain. To the glory of God. Yeah. And that was just it. And how God will just compensate you sometimes. Because in this life, what we just want from God is compensation. You know, when you fail and God isn't giving you, you know, when you lose your job, the job where they are paying you 10,000 naira, only fear that God gives you a job where they are paying you 100,000 naira. You know, you'll be feeling good. Mm-hmm. My, my Columbia offer came on Monday, my Cambridge offer came on Tuesday. My Oxford offer came on Wednesday. Wow. It was back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Wow. And then, because I didn't apply for any funding, like I was actually seeing my scholarship application, I did not apply because that's going to be a waste of energy. You know? I didn't bother to <laughs> Why should I apply? <laughs> I'm not going to go to You know? I had, to, I had interviews before I got my offer, but William just said, so it wasn't just the application. After the application, I was have up an interview and all of it. And then, I got some funding from Oxford, and then I got another full funding from a private sponsor, an institution in Nigeria. So, sometimes, right, God, the plans of God for our lives, right? All the times I've been, like last year, my parents were even trying to ensure that I went to Cambridge. If I had gone last year, 
when I finish, it's your course after masters. If you see what you're interested in academics, the next thing you should go for your PhD. But it looked like ah, God, they gave me my um, this scholarship that people are dying for. Yeah, I'm going to give me funding. It looked like God was just joking with my emotions, you know. But sometimes God will force us into His own agenda. He will force us into His own plans, and we must. That's why we must understand that our story is different. Because you don't know someone that has done it before, does not mean that God cannot do it too. By the way, I don't know anybody that has done this before. I don't know anyone. I'm telling you so, that it's the first of its kind for me also. And I, I think there's something that you told me when we had a conversation off offline, not not online on this podcast. You said you prayed for an internet breaking testimony. And you know, for me, course, this do. is the definition of an internet breaking testimony. Because everybody has grabbed onto it. Our uh, alma mater grabbed onto it. Um friends and family must have grabbed onto it. But why I even wanted you to tell your story is because a lot of people focus so much on the success story without as you called it the failure journey you know a lot of people don't talk about what you went through to get to this point everybody just wants to celebrate you without addressing the struggles you went through to get here and that's what we would even want to just do and that's what we have done and most importantly we have also made it clear that there's something about faith there's something about faith because you kept talking about faith in you didn't say that particular in that particular word but you made it clear that you took a leap of faith you trusted in god and his capacity to come true for you right yes i did <laughs> it's only god i mean the i know people who have like triple hundred plus plus sometimes there are people that i know people that made a tutu from law school and maybe a tutu from uni and they are in top schools in the world mm-hmm. so really is all is what you like it's a story you present to the admission uh, after admissions committee that they will take from you if you introduce yourself to me as Joshua, I can't be calling you Joseph. If I keep saying Joseph, you'll never think I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. Especially if there are other people in the group. So in this life, right? Of course, because we are we are we are not perfect beings. That's why we have the humanity. There's a divinity part, your faith and all of it. But the humanity part is even when we fall, we need to stand up, right? Mm-hmm. And God recognizes that fact. That's why He sent Jesus human to to come and experience humanity mm. despite his divinity. Mm. So, mm. irrespective of what you are going through, it may not be easy. I mean, there are times that when people just see everyone smiling, you know, looking sharp, nice suit and tie, even the partners in the organization, even the managing directors in the organization, they are probably going through hell mm. that beneath their shirts. They can't just say it, mm. you know? So, and that's why you just need to know that, okay, the fact that your, your own condition, everybody knows it, doesn't mean that you are in the worst condition. Of course, mm-hmm. you should not be comparing conditions. Of course. But sometimes, you just have to enjoy your process. Mm. At every point, in when I was in my undergrad, my undergrad level, I was like, ah, I need to read. I need to, because I was very vocal. So everybody was probably interested in my results. Actually, many people were interested in my results. Some people even came to tell me my results before me, myself, saw my results. <laughs> because I'm like, I'm to your mouth, you know. I made a 4.5 by 2. And some of those people did not even, I don't know where they got, but I was not interested. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, oh, people are listening, see what you get. I was I was more interested in, you know, making a public hit, like, oh, I made a fight, that kind of thing. But it, after, I just said, these guys are not, like, I'm not interested in impressing all of these guys. They are not my focus. Like, my, my, 
in my, in my life is for me to enjoy. So even there are times mm-hmm. that I, I, I'm failing, right? And I'm like, oh my God. But I will still be happy. I will still laugh. Because <laughs> one thing, you can never live, you can never live in yesterday again. So it's either yeah. you enjoy it, right? Or you, or you don't enjoy it. You can't, because one thing you don't want to have in life is regrets. Like, you don't want to regret that, hey, I wish I enjoyed yesterday. Yeah. Some people, if, like now, after my undergrad, I did not celebrate like that. I was just like, whoa. No school is a major thing, no school is a major thing. And then, yeah. the ship knows that. So anything you have, I mean, it's not pride. Of course, you have to be emotionally intelligent, like we have said. You can see that somebody is going through hell. You don't say, ah, your own husband, your husband is the best. And you can see that this person's husband is seriously beating them. Of course, you should shine, but you should not rub it in your faces. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you understand? So, I understand. Because of what then are you preaching? What then are you preaching? Mm. What then are you preaching? Yeah. So because of you, some people can even go and commit suicide. Yeah. But if if you if you're the best, you don't need to be saying you're the best. They already know. Mm-hmm. So you bringing yourself down to their level, they are they are they are wondering ah, why do they deserve this kind of love? Why do they deserve this kind of attention? Yeah, yeah. Because clearly in terms of academic front, you are not of the same. But you don't you don't carry that in your head. You are anybody. Mm. Yeah, for everybody. And I think I think I think you're rounding off today's podcast. What I'm just going to say is this: there's a place of excellence as a believer. There's a place of excellence as a professional in the workplace. But love must prevail. Knowledge can puff up. You know, excellence can puff up. Achievements can puff up. But where there is no love, there's a problem. And also, secondly, secondly, which is very important. Humility must never leave. Humility must never leave because see what you are saying with everything you have achieved so far, still giving God the glory. That is the definition of humility in my book. Not taking away the glory from God, not taking away the spotlight from the giver of all that you have. That is humility. So love over knowledge and excellence, humility over uh achievements you know god's glory over vain glory thank you so much for being on the podcast today mary it means so much to me that you made our time and i can be rest assured that people are going to enjoy what you have talked about i'm rest assured that people will learn from it and people would you know they would they would reach out and you know i hope that you'll be available to help thank you so much for today mary i really appreciate you of course anytime thank you for having me i really appreciate the time May God bless you and continue to, you know, spread the word of this podcast. Thank you so much, Mary. Enjoy the rest of your day. Amen. Bye. You too. Bye.